Hello, hello, hello. So welcome to Life Between the Notes, where you're, we are going to take you beyond the bio. Um, your hosts of this brand new uh, podcast are myself, Kirsten Myers, and my friend Morgan Davis. Hello, Morgan. Hi. <laughs> And thank you so much for climbing aboard this new adventure. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes, we are very excited. So um, before we get into what this podcast is all about, um, I'd like to give a shout out to John Kirkner of Keystone Music Repair in Pottstown. He is our brave sponsor of our very first episode. And Keystone Music Repair is an independent woodwind and brass repair shop in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, catering to the needs of student, amateur, and professional musicians throughout southeastern Pennsylvania and beyond. All work is done by owner and technician John Kirkner, who's been repairing instruments professionally for over a decade and has specialized knowledge in repairing double reeds. All repairs carry a guarantee that you'll be happy with the work or it will be corrected at no charge. Estimates are free and all work is done by appointment with flexible scheduling to minimize your time without your instrument. Visit keystonemusicrepair.com to see more information, to get in touch and schedule an appointment, and new this year to see a calendar of all the performances from over 40 community bands in southeastern Pennsylvania. Keystone Music Repair is happy to support life between the notes. And I can attest to John's work. Um, I have... Um, he has worked on my instrument as well as some of my uh, students and um, some universities that I work with, and he has done a fabulous job, and he has three black cats. So... <laughs> Well, then we so, know it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, where else are you going to get that? Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, but he's a great guy. So um, and does a wonderful job. So thank you, John. Um, I would also like to give a shout out to Mallory Dover. She is the person who created our logo, which you may have seen already. Um, she is a graduate of Evfreda High School and is currently studying art at Kutztown University. So I had asked her to come up with something for us and she did and we love it. And so thank you, Mallory. Yeah, I came up with the idea of um, Life Between the Notes um, during the heart of uh, COVID winter of 2020. Um, it was uh, one of those things that, you know, when you are, you're isolated uh, from, everybody that you know except your family um and it i wanted to i was trying to think of ideas of like how we could get people together um and doing something to help uh the community of musicians and um my idea was to bring stories of um our local musicians and just get some kind of um, community together. We were all um, struggling. And in some ways, I think some of us still are. Uh, I would be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely think it left all of us in a different place than where we yeah. started. 
Absolutely. Yes. And I think in some ways, yeah, some of us, well, a lot of us are still, you know, kind of like finding our way through it and out of it. Um, But what I wanted to do was to bring South Central Pennsylvania musicians and that community together after all of this, if as long as we can say that we're on the other side and (laughs) we are. Um, But I think we just all missed um, the connection um, and not just of being able to make music with each other, but to just even talk to each other and and see each other. And we're kind of getting back into that right now. Um, But, you know, it's, it's still not quite the same. But what I would, what we want to do is to honor those musicians who have been involved in our community, um, in our region, um, which would include Lancaster, York, Reading, Harrisburg, and that um, South Central area. Um, And the idea for us is to create an archive of interviews um, of musicians' stories, um, because all of us have a story, um, musicians or not. And, and I think there's a lot to learn from um, people who have gone before us, from our teachers, from our colleagues, and, and finding out how they get through um, and their professional life, how they got there, how they started, um, and just how they're making it happen for themselves. So in addition to all of that, um, at some points we might also delve into other topics related to music, such as health and wellness, practice habits, mindset, and that kind of thing. Um, But through all of it, connection and community um, is at the forefront of of our thinking with this project. So so that was in 2020 um, when I, this was just kind of rumbling around in my head. Um, but uh, I finally spoke with Morgan about it um, in the fall of 2021. Um, and here we are um, launching in the spring of 2022. Um, so how did we come up with the name um, Life Between the Notes? Um, well, there are several reasons. Um, we're interviewing musicians about their lives and how they came to be the great musicians that they are. Um, we want to know um, what they do outside of performances, um, how do they live their lives, and what circumstances have affected them the most professionally. Um, and also that there's a lot that goes on in between performances, especially in our heads. <laughs> Um, and it's never just about the notes. Um, it's about integrity of performance um, and how we optimally fuel ourselves um, with whether it's food, exercise, and mindset, again, which is huge uh, for our best performances. Um, and, and how can we achieve that? And how do others achieve that? So, And also when we are performing, um, we're creating a story as well. Again, it's not 
just the notes, it's the overall picture. It's how we move through the music. Um, as musicians, um, we are putting our life between the notes. We're, <laughs> we're making it into something, we're creating, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd like to your point, I think like part of the reason that this spoke to me um, when we talked about it was because there is um, like a real need for community and what we do, because like most of the people in your daily life, even if you are a musician, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't play an instrument. So, you know, it's, you're not surrounded by people who are doing what you're doing all the time, except when you're working. So having that sense of community and knowing how other people navigate it. But um, for me, I mean, I was like a transplant to this area. I had no connection here when I moved here. And then that one of the things that made living here so enjoyable for me was how there was this community of musicians here. There was a history, like a really rich history of, of how, um, of people who played in the area and how they interacted with each, with each other and, um, and a, a real sense of community support and togetherness that I had never experienced. Um, once I graduated from school, I'd never lived anywhere that, that I felt like that was the case. So um, I think there's something special here and we all really missed that during COVID. Um, I think, I'm not sure we all realize just how much we enjoyed that aspect of work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you don't realize it until it's gone or taken mm -hmm. from you. <laughs> yes. How much um, you relied on it um, or enjoyed it and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's amazing what that does. Um, so, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, so um, why... <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say, why are we doing this? But I just want to um, introduce ourselves because I'm sure there are plenty of people who aren't even going to know who you and I are. So I'll just introduce myself a little bit first. Um, so uh, I've actually been in this area um, since the beginning, <laughs> born in Reading, um, but lived in Lancaster <laughs> County um, growing up and again now. Um, but as far as musically, um, I started playing the oboe uh, when I was in fourth grade. Um, and I'm here to tell everybody now that yes, you can start playing the oboe in fourth grade. I was gonna say that's early. <laughs> it is. By, by current standards, you know. Yes. Well, you know, there and there is a school of thought out there that you can't do that, um, that you need to switch to the oboe. But no, um, nope, fourth grade is just fine. <laughs> so we're going to dispel myths here too. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I started in fourth grade um, and um, I started actually playing the piano in sixth grade, which is actually very late uh, for certain standards. But of course, like, you know, my family didn't have a piano and that kind of thing. So um, it just kind of happened later. Um, so I went to school in the Eastern Lancaster County School District, um, which is Garden Spot High School. So, um, and actually when I was deciding on what instrument I was going to play, it was, it was between the, the clarinet and, and the oboe. Um, and so it just kind of, I just really couldn't make a decision, which is kind of how my life is. <laughs> And a big inability to make a decision. Um, so 
anyway, uh, the the band director, uh, the elementary band director, who was Luke Bowman at the time, um, he said, well, I, we don't have any oboists in the elementary band, so you'd be the only one. And for some reason, that appealed to me. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. <laughs> so, so there it was. So then I, so then I started playing the oboe. Um, and Mr. Bowman was also a big part of the New Holland Band, which is a great community band, um, who, which at that time was directed by Marlon Houck, who also started giving me lessons um, in elementary school. So eventually then in, in high school, I started playing with um, the New Holland Band, um, and I had played with them for about 16 years, um, and which was a really, really great experience. It was my first experience beyond um, high school, um, playing with another group um, and, and getting out there and playing in the community and that kind of thing. Um, so um, after that, after high school, um, I went to uh, IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and I had my, um, I got my BS in uh, music education and performance there, and then took a year hiatus, and then after that, I went to Michigan State University, um, where I studied with Dan Stolper. Uh, so... Um, like I said, yeah, I've been in this area for, and now I've been a professional musician here for over 20 years, and um, and I'm currently a freelance musician, private teacher, and adjunct professor at um, the Tell School of Music at Millersville University, and um, Lebanon Valley College, as well as York College. Um, I play with the York Symphony Orchestra, Burke Sinfonietta, and uh, a few trios that I play with as well, um, the Silverwood Trio and Trio Jolie, which I co-founded with a few of my friends while we play weddings and that kind of thing. So, and as far as hobbies for myself, um, yeah, I guess reed making would be considered a hobby. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> If you spend um, enough time doing it, right? <laughs> it kind of turns into that because then it kind of takes over your life. Uh, yeah, so several hours a week um, are spent on reads. Uh, so, but beyond that, um, I do read a bit and exercising has um, become a big part of, of what I do as well. So, and that's probably all you need to know about me at this point. So, <laughs> Anyway, so Morgan, so you said that you were a transplant into the community. Yeah. Wait, so when did you move here, actually? It's been 10, it'll be 10 years in August. So wow. I'm coming up on a full, which is like so insane because I'm not that old. <laughs> I am old <laughs> enough, but like, you know, it's a whole decade in Lancaster in August this year, which seems yes. insane to me. Totally. Yeah totally impossible <laughs> and I think I first met you actually I think it was pretty soon like after you had moved here it it was mm -hmm. actually in New Holland we keep going back to that but yeah it was at a church um the Methodist church and because it was with Doug mm -hmm. Weimer mm -hmm. right. yeah. yeah that I mean that was one of the first places that I I played that was probably within the first year and a half or so that I lived here I mean the first year was like a little like touch and go because <laughs> I didn't know anybody 
Yeah. So, um, it took took a little while to get up and running. That's it's tough, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Establishing um, yourself, not for the faint of heart. If you're doing it where you're not attached to anything. <laughs> yes. Um, but I didn't intend for Lancaster to be a. It was supposed to be a stopover. Um, so I just wanted to be. I had so before I, mo I moved here, I was living in Wisconsin. I had been there for five years, and I just wanted to not be in the Midwest anymore. I felt very landlocked and like <clears throat> just sort of um isolated by all the things that that brings work-wise and then just with like being able to get from point A to point B and um I was far away from family and so but I was just going to move here and teach for a little while and then go back to school um and then I didn't you know I never left yeah yeah wow so and, and so and what so why did you come to this area specifically um well so the the back story to that I suppose is that I grew up in Pennsylvania but in, in literally the middle of the state so very close to Penn State um some were very rural um and when I went to college like I wanted out I wanted to go far away I wanted to go somewhere big like somewhere that was all the opposite things that I had experienced so uh, I went to Ohio State for my bachelor's degree which I loved and cannot say enough good things about. And I studied with Kathy Borst Jones while I was there, who is amazing. Um, and then after my undergraduate degree, I went to Wisconsin for my master's University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I stayed there for three years afterwards. Um, I had a big private studio and I was teaching adjunct at a really small Baptist university. Um, and that was like all I was doing. I was teaching and I was teaching <laughs> it's very like isolating in its own way and um so I I felt like I needed a break after grad school I was really super burnout and I thought I wanted to go back for my doctorate at some point but I was just not prepared for more school at that at that point so I wanted to move somewhere close to schools I might be interested in close to um things just close, close to people. Um, and I really did not want to move back to Pennsylvania. I didn't want to like move home. Um, and I visited a friend in Lancaster and I don't, she, I didn't even really see that much of Lancaster. I just, it was such a nice place. And then I started kind of like digging around about how many school districts were here and what the music programs were like. And I thought, well, this is like so close to Philly and New York and Baltimore. And I could just sort of like plop down for a little while as I get my bearings and probably teach some lessons. Um, and so that was sort of the motivation to end up here. Um, because at that point, I really didn't have a particular school in mind. I had done some postgraduate study in France uh, with Jean Ferrandis and, and I knew I wasn't gonna move to Europe, but I, I loved studying with him so much. And so my thoughts about who I wanted to spend more time with if I went back to school, you know, were pretty specific. Right. Mm -hmm. right. and then so you you and you came and you stayed yeah <laughs> yeah I mean you know it's just um the first year was was tough um but then it really started to click um and that was one of the things that motivated me to stay is what we've been talking about with community is like just meeting people and it, my experience of gigging before had never been that like you would network and then you would get gigs out of it. It just never seemed to happen. And I moved here and like my freelancing career picked up before my teaching 
studio picked up and I was shocked. Like I didn't, I just didn't expect that to be the case. Um, and I think a little bit of it was that I had good timing uh, when I landed here and, and that helps, but, um, but I kept, you know, I, I'd play at a church and then I'd meet somebody else and then I would play at another church. And then, you know, it just sort of started to grow. And at the point where I was prepared to start thinking about going back to school, I was gigging with people that were driving here from New York City, Baltimore, Philadelphia, because mm-hmm. they weren't gigging in those places. And I thought, why am I going to move? I like have students, I'm working, like seems mm-hmm. silly to like pick up and leave this and then end up driving back or doing like what, you know, for, right. for what it's worth. So, um, so there just wasn't a, a big motivation to leave. Um, and at that point I had started freelancing with different orchestras so I was playing with Allegro and Lancaster Symphony and then that turned into playing with you know Harrisburg Symphony and I've played up in Reading and and you know some summer festivals and I had met a lot of there's a big community of adult hobbyists here for flute playing I was like helping to organize a flute camp for adults and like I just had lots of things to do I was very lucky that way Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's how it happens, uh, too. Mm-hmm. And the more that you get yourself out there and, and meeting people and talking with people and mm-hmm. networking. Uh, yeah. You know, right. Yeah, that's yeah. That's and the community here, I think, like, you know, going to gigs, I loved meeting the people that, that I was playing with because they have yeah. these like this rich history of things that they had done here. And like, really they were the people who had created this culture that I was getting to participate in. And it was just really fun for me to mm-hmm. drop into the middle of that and be able to participate, um, right. you know, in the way that they were all very supportive of each other um, and very like intertwined in their experiences. Um, you know, and I, and so I felt a little bit like I had just gotten into this really, been let into this really like cool club of like you know <laughs> people who were just making yeah. things happen um and, right. and and it was yeah really neat yeah and, and I was gonna say you brought up supportive and that's I agree like from mm-hmm. from teachers to colleagues um there are so many supportive you know people in mm-hmm. in this network to that you know often want to see you do well and mm-hmm. um yeah so I agree unique that, yeah yeah absolutely right and and we're all just we're we all have this commonality you know with with music and 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 it's just been great to have that kindness uh extended to you you know and mm-hmm. and to make you and to make you feel welcome as well yeah yeah, I, I feel very fortunate. And I also feel like, you know, that was something that was really emphasized when I was an undergrad that, that Kathy really taught us was to, to you know, the, the, the way you interacted with your colleagues and your peers really was one of the biggest things that mattered. However talented you were, you know, that that interpersonal relationship was going to be the most important thing, um, you know, to layer with your talents. And um, just being here, I think a lot of times, you know the stereotype that music and the arts can be really cutthroat because it's competitive and there really is some of that out in the world and so to be in sort of a pocket of it here where like most of us I think people just want to see the arts thrive and like we want there to be work for everyone and things to do and um and it just felt really 
I, I'm repeating myself, but like feels very fortunate um, that I get to participate well, in those things. Um, and it felt like a good place to, you know, to kind of dig in and decide to stay um, right. and participate in that. And I think too, that that also came out like during COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Again, when, when that community and that <laughs> is taken away and from you and then, <laughs> and the organizations that I think both of us are affiliated with, you know, really tried hard to like keep us working, help us out, you know, and that, and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and, and still provide something for the, the, the community at large, the public. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I think it just, um, like all of that supportiveness, you know, in that sense during COVID, but then like during COVID, I, um, I did a 200 hour teacher training to become a certified yoga instructor. And when I finished that training, I had to do 10 free classes and just like the people who came and took the classes online with me that were my friends that I had made here or, you know, and of course there were friends from like all over, like, you know, my friends from school did it with me and whatever, but you know, uh, you realize like the relationships you've built with people over Mm -hmm. that time. Um, And, and still every once in a while things happen here. And I think, man, I've really, been so lucky to make so many great musical friends here mm-hmm. I mean you and I talking about doing this and um so and I'm just now teaching at Millersville uh, which is one of the schools that you teach at and we had a flute day this spring and then have this the network of flute friends that I could tap into to bring really good quality people to campus for that day um mm-hmm. it just would be hard you know it's like you keep seeing all these reasons why it's nice to be here Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so and that's what we want to do with um, this podcast really mm-hmm. is to interview those people in the community um, and musicians who some who have been around here for a long time, some who are transplants, as you say, <laughs> yourself. Um, and, uh, and, and maybe even, you know, some people who are newer to the scene and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, just to support um, them and get some insight you know, into, um, what it's like to be a musician in this area. Yeah. Yeah. And people have, you know, such interesting backgrounds and, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to think things stay small if you don't ever leave. Like a lot of people have been in this area for a long time, but there's just such a richness here. And I think it's fun to learn about that and, um, you know, hear all that history. Yeah. So I think it's going to, it's going to be great, like listening to other people's stories and their takes on, mm-hmm. on what it's like to be a musician in this area. So, yeah. Great. <laughs> so, um, so essentially um, that, that is our first episode. Um, and so I want to, I want to mention, of course, the Keystone Music Repair again for um, sponsoring this episode. Um, and if you are interested in sponsoring an episode, just go ahead and contact us. And how can you contact mm-hmm. us? Um, we actually have a, an email. Can you believe we have an email? <laughs> 2022. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so um, our email is lifebetweenthenotes at gmail.com. So, and we would love to hear from you, actually, if you have any um, ideas um, 
first of all, show ideas, but also if there's anybody who you want to um, hear uh, an interview of. Um, we actually, we have two right now um, set up that we will be recording very soon and we'll be dropping later. Um, but we're really excited about uh, those two. <laughs> Um, but if you have, and we have, we have our, our list, but if you guys have any ideas um, and suggestions, please drop us a note. Um, we don't accept hate mail, so it will be bounced back to you. Um, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, but if you guys have uh, any ideas um, or suggestions, we will certainly take them into consideration. So... Mm -hmm. Um, okay, I think that is it for us. And um, in the meantime, before that next episode drops, um, Morgan and I and you will be living our lives between the notes. So thank you, Morgan. Thanks.